In a recent interview, the CEO of Sony touched on a lot of subjects, and one of them is where they plan to put their games for PlayStation in the future, which in light of recent comments from the Xbox CFO and the Microsoft CEO, many were wondering if PlayStation was saying the same thing. He also had remarks about subscriptions and how they feel it fitting with their gaming model, and this times very well with a lot of reports about subscriptions plateauing recently, and even Netflix now looking at another potential price hike. Lastly, he had remarks about competition and why he sees Sony giving options to the players as being key to that. Now, I put all the good information right here at the beginning of the video. It is sort of an opening monologue, and then I do a live show. That's why the video is longer. But if you like this kind of content, you want to make sure you're here for the live discussions. Make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my content. The CEO of Sony recently confirmed their plans to put PlayStation games in more places, which is causing quite a stir, given the remarks from Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella about putting games on all platforms and being a good publisher on PlayStation and Nintendo. Some are wondering if the CEO of Sony is saying the same thing, and this will be part of the PlayStation future. More than that, he touched on subscriptions, as well as why competition is important, and why options for players will be playing a role in that. So first, I want to look at actually what he said he spoke on subscriptions PC mobile cloud as well as competition but we will also look at what the PlayStation CEO said 10 years ago in 2014 since what they said 10 years ago is very relevant to what is being said today secondly I want to look at the reaction to all of this it was very quickly framed as well PlayStation's going third party which obviously has drawn a lot of pushback and debate. Lastly, I will tell you what I think about this. I've recently said that certain games would actually be better if they launched everywhere, but I will also consider the business angle on this decision. So, up first, what did he say? Now, pulling from Insider Gaming, this is what they had to say. In an interview with Norgis Bank Investment Management, the Sony CEO talked about where he sees the future of gaming for PlayStation going in both the short and near term. So that's what Insider Gaming had to say. It's worth pointing out that the interview is two months old. It was published on YouTube on November the 8th of 2023. To be fair, it did not get a ton of attention. The investment management channel only has 4.8 thousand subscribers, so less than 5,000 subscribers, and the video only has 2,500 views. That's not exactly something that's going to make waves in the gaming space, especially since it likely did not land in any gaming funnels on YouTube because it is an investment channel. But, speaking on the future of PlayStation, Yoshida had the following to say, quote, wherever there is computer users will be able to play their favorite games seamlessly. While PlayStation will remain our core product, we will expand our gaming experiences to PC, mobile, and cloud. Now, the opening line is what got a lot of attention when he said, wherever there is computing, and people thought, well, that means all platforms. That means other consoles. But it is clear as the quote continues... He makes it crystal clear where they intend to put and expand their games, and that is PC, mobile, and cloud. Which again, to some people, is actually shocking and surprising, but only if you haven't been paying attention to PlayStation and Sony when they talk about their future plans. This is where looking at what the CEO of PlayStation said in 2014, he said the following, that they wanted to, quote, introduce the world of PlayStation to even non-console owners via smartphones, televisions, and other devices. So it's practically the exact same statement. The PS5 is the core product, but non-console owners, they are the new 
Target, PC, mobile, and cloud. So that's the first thing he said that garnered a lot of attention. But on the subject of cloud and non-traditional gaming, he was asked about subscriptions, and his response was the following. People usually play one game at a time, so all-you-can-eat type of many games may not be so valuable compared with video streaming services. So he's comparing video streaming services to subscription services with games, and he refers to games as like an all-you-can-eat thing. He continues, So we'll have a kind of balanced or hybrid service on PlayStation Network, a subscription as well as pay per content. Now, I found this distinction helpful. I watch a lot of different shows and content, and so do my kids, so does my wife, but I generally only play one game at a time, maybe two games at a time. So that contrast is why they see the hybrid model being preferable. Paying per content, as he called it, lines up with consumers playing one game at a time. You don't need this giant feast of games. You need one for most gamers. And the subscription is where other consumers that maybe prefer the all-you-can-eat approach. They just want a ton of games. Maybe they want to sample games. They don't want to play them for very long. Now, this likely makes sense of the disparity between PlayStation first-party games completion percentages versus Xbox because you have lots of people on Game Pass sampling games likely not finishing them, but when you're buying games, you're far more likely to take them to completion. And Tweaktown.com saw his remarks as not wanting to add too much value to PS Plus. This is what Tweaktown had to say. These comments strongly reinforce that Sony doesn't want to add much value to PlayStation Plus. Too much value, I should say. The services has grown tremendously over the last year with the hundreds of games offered. One thing hasn't changed, though, and that's Sony's opposition to day-and-date first-party releases. Too much value can, and usually does, undercut profits, leading to more dangerous price hikes that jeopardize subscriber counts. And right on time, after reading this report from Tweaktown about, listen, you're going to have to eventually raise the prices and if you do day and date it is value destructive this is what was seen on twitter discussing film twitter account said netflix has hinted at another price increase for subscribers quote as we invest in and improve netflix we'll occasionally ask our members to pay a little extra to reflect those improvements now this lines up and dovetails very well with what matt piscatella said just last week about subservices plateauing the last comment that got attention from the sony ceo he said this about competition Healthy competition is necessary for the game industry to grow, and at Sony, we believe it is important to provide gamers with different options to play, so we'll continue our efforts to achieve this. This does sound very similar to things we've heard from Phil Spencer about Xbox and their plans, but the devil is always in the details. You can see that PlayStation wants to have a subscription, but they deviate strongly from how Xbox structures Game Pass, and Sony has a similar mindset about putting games in more places, but they stop short, where it's seems Xbox plans to push forward onto rival console platforms. So, what has the reaction been to these statements? Well, needless to say, this has made waves, and some people don't seem to understand why. From the outside looking in, it's just the CEO of Sony restating things they've been saying for 10 years. But context is key here. You have to remember that just recently, Phil Spencer said that PlayStation and Nintendo are part of the Xbox community, and the CFO of Xbox said that there would be a change in strategy, with first party games landing on platforms that were previously considered competitors. And then the CEO of 
Microsoft said that they could now do what they always set out to do, make great games and put them on all platforms, including other consoles. More than that, the CEO of Microsoft said that they see themselves now being a great publisher on PlayStation and Nintendo after all these acquisitions. All of this was future forecasting language. None of it was in reference to Minecraft or Call of Duty, as some people insisted. It was, this is what we're going to be doing in the future. This is our plan for the future and the health of Xbox. That was the question that the CEO was answering to shareholders. So this caused many in the Xbox camp to express frustration. Some called for clearer messaging, saying that, well, what, what's the deal? Why should we buy an Xbox? What, what's going to be an exclusive? What's not going to be an exclusive? And my pushback was, the messaging has been clear. You've just not been listening or you've been spinning it. And the silence from Xbox and Phil Spencer on this particular subject about first-party titles going to rival platforms, well, the silence has been somewhat deafening, which makes a two-month-old interview with the Sony CEO, it makes it a juicy story. Is he saying the same thing? So the first reaction I've seen is, well, PlayStation's going third-party. This is largely a reaction to the recent Xbox news, and it's not something that most people are taking seriously. The phrasing is completely different than how the CFO of Xbox and the CEO of Microsoft talked about this. Not to mention, uh, they, they, he made no mention of other platforms that they were previously considered competitors, as the CFO said. There's no vague remark about other consoles. If people think wherever there is computing includes Xbox, they need to read the full quote and see that he qualifies what he means. He says, wherever computing can be, wherever there's computing, and then he says, PC, mobile, cloud. He's telling you exactly what he meant by the opening statement. And Satya did just that in the Microsoft earnings stream. He said all platforms, and then he outlined what those platforms were. Xbox, and consoles, and PC, and mobile, and cloud. That's absent from the Sony CEO remarks. He spoke in a similar way, but he was seemingly very intentional about not mentioning other consoles. We will expand our gaming experiences to PC, mobile, and cloud. That clearly is not expanding the gaming experiences to rival consoles. It's so clear that it actually, I'm going to be honest, it's kind of awkward that people are claiming otherwise. It honestly feels embarrassing to correct such obvious falsehood, false framing, and false narratives. Like when one outlet changed what Satya Nadella said to make it say Xbox consoles instead of Xbox and consoles. It just feels so first grade English to have to correct these types of things but here we are another response I'm seeing is that well this plan makes sense well and it certainly does I'm not sold on cloud gaming until the internet infrastructure can catch up certain neighborhoods you're going to have a terrible experience not because cloud gaming is bad but because your internet's not that great but mobile and PC is a massive potential consumer base especially with the computing power of mobile devices getting to where they can run games natively this of course leads to another response that we're seeing people are out there saying I told you I told you they would do this I'm not really sure why anybody thinks they have a crystal ball on this since Sony said this 10 years ago, but the reason this response is out there is because there are PlayStation fans who are convinced that PlayStation would never do something like this. This is why committing to a false narrative is a waste of time. Both sides of fandom need to listen to what these companies have been saying. Hardcore Xbox fans are in denial about where Xbox is headed, and hardcore PlayStation fans are in denial if they thought that PlayStation was never going to experience to other mediums like mobile and PC. They said this in 2014, so it shouldn't be a shock to anyone, which is why I need to show a response from Tom Warren. Well, two responses, actually. First, 
Tom Warren from The Verge quote tweeted an article from Windows Central about this. And it seems the reason that he said this was Windows Central asked a question on their tweet. They said, God of War on Xbox. And so he retweets it. You can see the Windows Central tweet there below. And he retweets it and he says the following. He says, I think this Sony CEO interview from two months ago is a nothing burger. It definitely doesn't mean PlayStation games on Xbox. Sony has been saying it will target PC, cloud, and mobile for years now. Now, sadly, this tweet has been deleted. This is the second time in the last few weeks that Tom Warren has done a good job correcting things on Twitter, only to delete it later. I don't know if he doesn't like getting pulled into the console war. You can just mute threads, Tom. You don't have to delete them, but maybe it's a professional courtesy to others who are writing articles. But thanks to Google Image Shirts, we can still see what was said. And this tweet is also still up, and I actually really like this one. He was basically being accused of being inconsistent when it came to the Xbox story. And he said, I wrote a whole article about it. What Microsoft executives are saying is more than a little different. Again, as I said, correcting things that are so painfully obvious, it's just embarrassing. It automatically makes it feel insulting because it basically is. It's like correcting somebody that's insisting 2 plus 2 equals banana peel. It's so out of left field. It's nonsensical. There's no way to do it without it coming off as condescending, which basically leads to the thing that I saw lots of people saying on my timeline. They were like, they already said this. This isn't news. That's basically what Tom Warren was saying. He called it a nothing burger, and that's basically what I'm saying. So let me tell you my thoughts on all of this, okay? First and foremost, I've been clear on this recently. I do not care if PlayStation games come to PC or if they come to Xbox. I remember hardcore PlayStation fans celebrating The Last of Us PC port being bad. They were sort of laughing at PC Master Race gamers. And I asked this question back then. Are you stupid? Why would you cheer for valuable property that you like, you enjoy it, and it looks bad, and it doesn't get a good score? Do you dislike PC players that much? I also took issue with PC guys acting like PlayStation titles should be landing on PC day and date. And I said back then, buy a PlayStation if you want PlayStation games. You know, if not, you gotta wait. There's nuance here. As a consumer, if you want something, go where it is. Or you're just gonna have to wait for ports. And even then, not all PlayStation games are even coming to PC. But I say all that to stress this. I don't care if good games land in other places. Recently, I said that Helldivers 2 would be better off if it was on more platforms. Now, that means the dev team would have to build for another console. They would also have to figure out how to get it to run on the Series S because currently they only built it for PS5 and PC. But those are business aspects. Those are business decisions. From a gamer perspective, live service games having a bigger funnel, well, it tends to help them out. But just because it wouldn't bother me doesn't mean I can see any business angle where it makes sense. Xbox has the smallest footprint of every potential gaming platform. I'm going to say that again. Xbox consoles are the smallest footprint of any potential gaming platform. Smaller than PlayStation, Nintendo, mobile, PC. They're so small, and you have to see that. The sales ratios on the platform are also very low for their market share because they have fostered an ecosystem of non-purchase with Game Pass. For years, I was told that Xbox players get better value. They don't have to buy their games. PlayStation fans are suckers. They don't get day and date on PS Plus. They pay full price for games. Well, you got your wish. Your platform is now known for not buying games, which means there's 
there's virtually no reason for PlayStation to ever consider bringing property to your platform. More work, more dev time, having to optimize for the Series S, all to land on the smallest platform that buys games in the lowest ratios of the market. Many of us said that Game Pass would foster a culture of non-purchase, and it has. And now some are realizing what that means from a business perspective. When you reverse the situation and you look at the size and the reach of Nintendo and the size and the reach of the PlayStation 5, you see just how many people are buying PlayStation games. The PlayStation consumer base purchases games in large numbers and large quantities. It isn't hard to see why Microsoft sees good business sense in publishing games on platforms that are large and that are high in spending. This is why everybody's targeting mobile. Everybody's targeting mobile because mobile is massive and the spending is absurd. So if you think of things in that spectrum, Xbox is just too small and low in spending as a console platform to even show up on the radar of PlayStation considering putting titles over there. The only games I could see having a business reason would be free to play live service games because that's less about selling copies and more about getting a monthly active user number up, fill that funnel, and that leads to more microtransactions. But even then, the footprint size of the Xbox console is not looking very good and if playstation can put a live service game on ps5 and pc like helldivers 2 and in the future they could also put that game on mobile that's a huge market and the xbox console just doesn't register on the richter scale but that's just what i think what do you think So let me give you my closing thoughts and conclusion on this. Whenever I first saw this interview making headlines, I thought, well, that doesn't make any sense, right? And then I went and read the actual quotes, and I thought, oh, well, yeah, they've been saying this for a while. Like, PlayStation's not indicating they're going to put their games on rival consoles. It's like, that doesn't make any business sense, right? Even recently, I replied to somebody about this. This was weeks ago, and I essentially said... Why are you telling PlayStation fans I told you so? Like, this isn't new. They've been talking about this for years. This person's reply was basically, well, a bunch of folks said this would never happen, and they know who they are. And a light bulb suddenly went off for me. A lot of what happens in these discussions is just false narrative ping pong, and it can be confusing. One side postures as if the news is tectonic and crazy when it isn't, and it's because the other side's been in denial about it. The Xbox games coming to PlayStation News, it's not that shocking because of everything we've heard for the last year, but it lands heavier because one side is in denial about it. Same with PlayStation games coming to mobile and cloud. There were PlayStation fans that thought PlayStation games will never come to PC. Mobile, cloud, what a joke. And now that it's happening, it seems bigger than it really is. The second thing I want to say is, Just yesterday, in a members-only stream, we had a lengthy debate, purely because somebody essentially said the Xbox console doesn't have a lot of gamers. And what they were saying is, they don't have a lot of people. They don't have a very big footprint. The context was, well, if we're comparing platform sizes, would PlayStation ever really want to bring titles to Xbox? Now, this caused a bunch of back and forth, and it shouldn't have. Because speaking cold, hard facts about the size of the Xbox console footprint... It's not scandalous. It's not hate. It's just the truth. Accepting the truth takes a fraction of the energy that it does to fight against it and deny it. My conclusion is this. Sony seems set to do what they said they were going to do 10 years ago. Expand PlayStation gaming to more than just their console. But that doesn't include the Xbox. 
And that's not a problem. That's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just business. This is just a business decision. The continued insistence that consoles are going away or that exclusives are bad for the industry. I seem to only hear that from one side. Those who own a Nintendo or a PlayStation or both, well, they don't seem to care. They're happy to buy a console. They're happy to buy exclusives. Xbox's change in strategy is much like everything else we discussed. It's just a business decision. It won't determine what the rest of the market does. It's their response to their standing in the market. They're not going to dictate where the market goes. They're reacting to where they've landed. So there you have it. We haven't made it out of January yet, and we already have pretty significant forecasts of where things are going for both platforms. Each platform has their own strategy, and we get to watch how it all plays out. But those are just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. And that's the show open, guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, This thing making waves, and it's basically... uh, You know, hey, we we said this 10 years ago is kind of the, the gist of it. excuse me uh and i'm gonna pop out the chat here let me make sure we don't have any has anybody okay no not yet guys we did lower the goal for the week because a month ago you guys went crazy for christmas and i don't want to hold that against you uh every 30 days if you guys go if you guys go crazy 30 days later we lose a lot of those people so right now we just had to hit 2500 members this week and friday night will be a fight night for all member tiers you guys wanted a community game night where you beat me up in a fighting game so yeah we appreciate you guys so so much being here Emmanuel's here. He says, hello all. I come in peace. Good to see you, Emmanuel. Appreciate you, dude. Feed, good to see you in the chat. Thank you so much for being here. Guys, go through your morning ritual, man. Smash that like button. It helps out the video. Hit subscribe so you can talk in the chat as well. What's the news? Okay, so two months ago, the Sony CEO did an interview with like an investment site, and he basically said that they were going to be expanding playstation gaming to pc mobile and cloud and because he said something about wherever there is computing people were like aha he means xbox and it's like no he doesn't he qualified his statement it's a complete thought wherever there's computing playstation is going to be our core thing but we're going to expand gaming to pc mobile and cloud so he tells you what he means within seconds of saying it but here we are. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Joker Quinn. Han shot first, and so do you. That's the first gifted member of the day. Thank you very much for starting things off. Guys, every 25, I give five as well. So I hope you guys hit that goal. I've been gifting as soon as we hit the 25. So if you guys bump those numbers up, man, I will help you get those trains moving. Everywhere but Xbox. Right, because as I said, it shouldn't be scandalous to say this. This isn't hate. It's not. The Xbox console footprint isn't big enough. It isn't. It's not big enough to justify a company with PlayStation's current market saturation standing to say, oh, we should take God of War over there. It doesn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any business sense. Derek says, the CEO's statements are absurdly easy to parse, and it boggles my mind. This is hard to get people to understand such simple stuff. I mean, come on. Lord Horg with another gifted member. There it is. Guys, we got a single train started. Hop on. We can hit these goals super fast when everybody joins in. Don't let the big boys scare you off, man. Those single gifteds are great. 
I said that during my opening monologue. I said it's almost embarrassing how often we have to basically do like first grade English class. It just automatically sounds condescending to explain something to somebody. It's just so painfully obvious. It's like, I don't know how to tell you that two plus two doesn't equal banana peel without making you sound dumb. I I don't have the ability to do it. No matter how kind or empathetic I try to be, when it's so basic, when it's so obvious, it's so pedestrian, it's like, I I don't know how to explain this without sounding rude. It's It's just so awfully clear what he was saying. It's like, well, here we go. Uh, English English 101 all right so uh <laughs> opening statement qualifying statement all right so here's what he said ah uh, you know it's just ridiculous uh 16 million versus 12 million in the US is a small footprint I'm talking the total footprint Paul the the, the total footprint what what are you talking about like you you think PlayStation's analyzing just America? Like, and also, if they're only analyzing the American market, Paul, as far as we can tell, there is, there is drainage, my boy. Drainage is happening. There are people converting to PlayStation in the U.S. It's, it's as plain as day. The sales numbers don't lie. Both of the CEO statements you've covered recently have been like this, obvious and clear in meaning, then the obfuscation and the BS begins. Right, like I think you have to understand something that not not Derek, but just in general. People have to understand that CEOs don't speak in code. You know what I'm saying? Like you you guys some of y'all are are whipping out your your fanboy decoder ring and you're like, "Well, what he really meant was just ABK games uh, that are already there." And it's like, "Stop. Just stop it." No, that's not what he that's not what Satya Nadella meant. Oh, oh, but but he said, wherever there's computing, yeah. And then one sentence later, he told you what he meant. I, I, what do you, what are we talking about here? It'll be 120 million to 40 at this trajectory. So yes. And if you have a shooter that sells well in the West, avoid a small footprint of 12 million. Well, it's more than that, though, Paul. It's more than that. I mean, I appreciate you taking up the opposing side, but you have to consider if the ratio of people buying games on Xbox continues to be as poor as it has been, it's not just 12 million. It's the smallest console footprint. It's the smallest gaming platform footprint in existence. You've got mobile, then PC, then Nintendo, then PlayStation, and then the Xbox consoles all the way down here. Everybody's looking in the same direction. Everybody's looking uphill. Think of it in that think of it as if we're all looking up at a hill. And at the top of the hill is mobile. And after that's PC. And after that's Nintendo and PlayStation. In different in different perspectives, you might say that, well, Nintendo's bigger, but when you look at high-end gaming console, Nintendo doesn't really register there. So they're in different places up on the hill, but they're still up further on the hill than Xbox. Everyone's looking at the tippity top and saying, mobile. Cloud, PC, that's where we want to go. Nobody's looking at the bottom of the hill and saying, well, we need to make sure we hit the Xbox console. It's the smallest footprint. Their sales ratios are always lower than they should be. 
well not lower than they should be that's not the right way to phrase it they're lower than they would be if it wasn't a game pass ecosystem the game pass ecosystem has driven the sales ratios of the xbox console down that's not a slam that's called what zubair would say that's an emergent property when you give 25 million people the ability to spend 10 bucks a month and always have games to play, they're going to start buying games in lower numbers. Their own internal reports have pointed to the fact that Game Pass is cannibalistic to sales, and their sales ratios met that out. If I'm making a PC game using DirectX, there's no way I'm porting the game to the Xbox console. It's next. Oh, there's no way I'm not porting the game to Xbox console. It's next to no work. Now, hang on a minute, Paul. Hang on a minute. You're saying it's next to no work. That's not necessarily true. Because if they're utilizing things like ray tracing, if they're utilizing things that require a good chunk of memory, you're oversimplifying it, and you know it. To get that game to run on the Xbox, they've got to wrangle with the Series S. They're not just porting it over to DirectX. They're porting it over to a two-tiered system. One of those boxes... On record, well, nobody wants to be quoted, but the guy from VGC that went to Gamescom came back and was like, devs don't like the Series S. There's There's too many barriers in the way, brother. There's too many barriers. Eugene says, this is absurd... Uh, discounts for Xbox, like absolutely absurd. Their sales are still down year over year, and they have been every year. Meanwhile, PlayStation sales are up year over year every year. This isn't hard. Yeah, I just, it's basic calculation. Also, you have to consider in your calculation, Paul, that PlayStation strategy includes the marketing beats of first party having importance. And first party landing on Xbox is not part of their strategy. So they have financial reasons to not do it. They have strategy reasons to not do it. Can you come up with a reason? Now, I think live service games could work. If PlayStation's going to launch a free-to-play live service game, I could see that landing on Xbox and being good because you're not trying to get sales. You're trying to get a full funnel of players who might spend money on a battle pass or a cosmetic. I continue to think that live service games are better served by being everywhere. As long as you don't have to, like, diminish the game's performance or anything like that. Like, this, what game was it where people didn't want to play with Series S? I can't remember what it was. Wasn't there a game recently where people were... I forget what I forget what it was. There was something to do with a game, and people were playing together, and they didn't want to play with that. that, that it, it, that's beside the point. I still think, in general, live service games are better suited when they're on all platforms. Unless, of course, you're trying to push like graphics to the highest ability that they can go, and you're like, well, porting it to the Nintendo Switch would be too difficult, or optimizing for the Series S would be too difficult. We're not going to do that. We don't want to do that. Outside of those instances, I, I genuinely think that about live service games like I don't think it would be a problem if Helldivers 2 was on Xbox I also don't think it would be a problem if PlayStation took their games to to Xbox I just don't see a single business impetus to do it to dilute your first party by having it somewhere else the PlayStation logo comes up and you see Joel you see Aloy you see Kratos you see Ratchet These are important pieces of the identity of PlayStation. And for them to dilute that, 
to go to the smallest footprint and that footprint buys games in lower ratios there's no angle there it doesn't they lose so much by doing that they hurt their own brand they hurt their own identity and they're going to go somewhere where they're probably i think the ROI on that would be a negative because they're 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 going to suffer loss in these in these public perception funnels of wait what's happening to PlayStation why is God of War going to Xbox what's happening you you're losing there that's that's not something that you want to just damage overnight Nintendo has a very similar philosophy of well, why would we do that we our property sells amazing why would we take our first party property anywhere else it doesn't make any sense now if Xbox was dominating and had tons of consoles in circulation and their consumer base was buying games in high quantities then you would potentially see C-suite level employees saying we want to go over there there's lots of money to be made there do you know how I know this Sony's made the decision to target PC cloud and mobile like the, 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 the C-suite employees are saying "There's that's where the money is Look at all the spending. Yo, what's good, Doc Dark? I don't agree with you on many things, but I agree with this take. It, yeah, it's strictly business to me. It's total business. It's like, I don't care where the games go. It didn't bother me when I actually celebrated uh, PlayStation games coming to PC. I got excited. I got excited for Returnal. I thought, oh, Returnal's going to do great because it's a rogue and, oh, it'd be so awesome. And then I saw PlayStation fans celebrating that The Last of Us Part 1 port was bad. They were like, yeah, suck it, PC Master Race. I'm like, why are you celebrating that? That doesn't, why would you do that? I want more people to play that game. It's awesome. It's like one of my favorite games. Why would you be excited about being bad? But there are people, man, they're so committed to that. Like they, they, they think that that would be terrible. Well, guess what? The C-suites don't agree with you. They're like, nah, man, we're going to go where there's money to be made. As long as we don't damage the identity of the console. And I don't think you do by putting games on, on PC, mobile, and cloud. Because... The PC audience is very different than the console audience. The the mobile audience is very different than the console audience. It is. They're very different. You're not harming your funnel because you're targeting different types of uh, you're targeting different types of gamers. I said the same thing last night. Which which part, Doc? What were you saying last night? We got to get you back on. We got to get you back on the show. I really want to do a show with you and your brother. I think it'd be so fun. Xbox should have kept developers in mind when making the two consoles. Returnal would sell on Xbox? Oh, I don't think so. No. No. Rogues in general, I think, are a tough sell because you die and you start over, and some people don't get it. They don't like it. I didn't like it for the longest time. I'm willing to bet most Xbox gamers already have a PS5. Um... I don't know about that, Doc, but I do know if you look at the American market as far as sales go, it looks like Xbox users are buying PlayStation 5s. They're they're basically switching teams is what it looks like. Because you're seeing Xbox slow down below where they were previously with the previous gen and PlayStation's exceeding where they were previous gen. Like, that's what the trajectories are looking like. So I think what you're seeing is, is you're seeing consumer migration it's not hard to see why like playstation's done very well the last three years it's just been games 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 now you can debate on twitter all you want about well where's first party where's first party the general public doesn't know any of that all the general public knows is 
Returnal, Ratchet, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7. Then, in addition to that, you get into the next year, Final Fantasy 16, DLC for Horizon Forbidden West, Spider-Man. Like, that, they just see tons of games coming out. That's all they see, and they're like, well, I'm going to get a PlayStation. Those first-party beats, I think, really, really helped PlayStation the last three years basically land the killing blow in the console, in the hardware race. This is why Xbox said, we're, we can't out-console, we're going to go a different way. And Satya Nadella basically said what their way is. Their way is publishing. Sat, that's, that's not that scary. I think that that's sensible. It, it makes perfectly good sense that they would do that. You can't win on the hardware front. Front Nintendo and PlayStation are kicking the tar out of you. You've got to go somewhere else. You've got to take a different strategy. It's like in war. I was studying uh, with, with my kids. We were studying um, George Washington. And you, if you've ever studied George Washington, you would be shocked how many times he retreated. Tons of times. Tons of times. Just realizing, oh, we're losing. Let's get out of here. Oh, we're losing. Let's run. We're losing. Retreat. And if he hadn't retreated as many times as he would have, then they wouldn't have had the victories that they had. So, Xbox is basically saying, we're not going to win on this front. We got to go over here. Now, to turn around and look at the other side of the battlefield, PlayStation's not going to say, well, hey, we're, we're, we're going to exceed where we were previously. We're getting consumer migration. They're losing footprint. They're losing foothold. Let's put games over there. It like that just it doesn't make it doesn't make an ounce of sense. It simply doesn't. Sony should put their games on PC because it makes them good money. They know putting it the game only on PS5 isn't doing it. Look at Helldivers 2. That game came out on PC and PS5. Well, hang on. You're, you're, I think you're misdiagnosing what's going on there, Angel. They indicated a couple of years ago that when they would do live service games, they would be multi-platform. And at the time, I thought, oh, they're going to put them everywhere. Well, what they meant was live service games will launch day and date on PS5 and PC because they want to get the funnel as full as possible in the beginning. The first part of what you're saying about how their games don't make them enough money, that's why they put them on PC, you need to go look at the sales reports. PC is doing fine, but it's not doing that great for PlayStation. It's doing fine, but the massive lion's share of money that they make, they make on the PlayStation 5. They don't make it on their their PC sales. That simply isn't true. They weren't like, oh shucks, we really aren't selling enough copies. We better go to PC. That's that's not at all what they're doing. They're getting more capital, more revenue out of their property by taking it to another platform that has a massive audience. And the projections for PC gaming's growth over the next couple of years is pretty good. That's why Capcom said the same thing. Capcom and PlayStation changed strategies because of the projections of PC gaming growth. And they said, we, we got to put our games there. They didn't do it because they're like, well, we're not selling enough. We're not making enough money. That's That's a complete misread of what happened. Sony releases on PC in order to get conversions. For example, release God of War 2018 on PC to get people to buy a PS5 for God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, and I know people that did that. I, we There are people in this community that played God of War on PC, and then they were like, I don't want to wait for Ragnarok. And they bought a PlayStation 5. It works. They did it with Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn hits PC, and then guess what? In walks Horizon Forbidden West, you know? And, and just now Forbidden West is getting ready to hit PC. 
It's not doing great because it's older stuff. People have already played mostly. If it was day one launch, I bet you money the sales would be far better. Um, You have to define better though, Severin, because PlayStation's probably running the projections on it. And at one level, you're probably correct. They probably would have a greater quantity of sales on Steam, but in their mind, that wouldn't be better because that's a dilution of what they sell as a brand right playstation play spider-man right now play god of war right now now here's the thing according to the insomniac leaks eventually they're going to do what you just said it seems like if there's an online component a multiplayer component they'll do it they'll do day and date but you have to define better just selling more copies of ragnarok on pc day one that isn't necessarily better in Sony's mind if it's antithetical to their strategy and the brand identity and the brand loyalty. I don't think people are going to, like, necessarily accept it. Like, if Spider-Man 3 lands day and date on PC, there will be people that will be upset. But by and large, most people will just understand, oh, well, there's multiplayer. They want everybody to be able to play together. If there's a multiplayer component, I believe that's when PlayStation will start doing day and date. But that's... That's probably six years away, roughly. Uh, P-Dub H now with a $10 Super Chat tip. Agreed, this isn't news. If anything, first-party single-player games might come faster and multi will be day and date on PC. It's funny how people think that the last place guy dictates where gaming is going. Doc says, Xbox is just not as popular. They simply lost the popularity contest by making dumb moves during the Xbox One. And I think the problem is, Doc... You and I can say that. I can say that as somebody who jumped in with the 360 and then this generation, I've, I've just completely fallen out with Xbox. I'm like, you're not doing any of the stuff that I wanted you to do. You're not doing any of the stuff that you told me you were going to do. So I'm going where I get what I was wanting this gen, right? That's where I'm playing. That's where I'm spending my time and my money. And so I just think people's inability to see that and to see that like, it's not scandalous to say Xbox just isn't big enough to, to warrant PlayStation saying, oh, we need to put our first party property over there. They're just not big enough. I'm talking about the Xbox console because people always want to brag about like, well, Xbox is MAUs. Yeah, when you include Minecraft and Minecraft is being counted on the Nintendo and on PlayStation and on PC. Subtract all of those people. Just look at the hardware distribution of the Xbox Series consoles alone. That's all you should be looking at. And it simply isn't big enough for a company to say, let's completely go against our principles and our brand identity and let's start putting our first party property over there. Now, when you look at Xbox, Xbox has been telling you that their identity is shifting. Their internal documents said, no longer a console generation, ecosystem generation. Dati Nadella's asked about the future and the health of Xbox. He doesn't say anything about hardware innovation. He doesn't say anything about, you know, a, a console or Game Pass. What's he say? We can now do what we've always set out to do. Make great games and put them on all platforms. They're telling you that their identity is evolving. They're switching out of this console platform box race and they're like no yeah we're not doing that anymore if you want to invest in xbox and you want to invest in microsoft you're gonna make your money back 
and here's how it's it's not it's it is absolutely not through exclusives and that's why people that are like oh they should lock up power world in an exclusive deal i'm like i don't think xbox wants to do that anymore i don't think they're interested in approaching a third party and throwing tons of money at them beyond that pocket pair would need to be paid a, a significant amount of money they would almost need a grand theft auto deal they would need a monthly deal to stay exclusive or to stay or to stay on game pass because their game, their game is in such high demand. I just I don't think Xbox is interested in that any longer. That's why they're not paying for GTA 5 anymore to be on Game Pass. It's like, nah, it's not worth it. We have our own property. We're more interested in publishing because that's where the money is. Doc says, that's what I said. There's not enough Xbox consoles out there for it to make sense for Sony to drop their games there. However, it does make sense for Xbox to put Starfield on PlayStation 5. This is why, this is why I've always liked you, Doc. You're just, a sen- you're just sensible about it. You're like... It, if you if you strip away fandom and you just think from a business perspective, you're like, it makes perfectly good business sense. I mean, I get called a pony for saying it, but you're saying what I've been saying. You know, they call you a pony bot. I know you get it too. You get the name calling. Derek says, I'm just at the point now where I want to say that every big company knows how bad it can get when you do a bad port to PC. So going forward, they're better. They better be effing bangers. No more excuses. I to this day think that somebody somewhere said we need the last of us to land on PC in the wake of the popularity of the show and they grabbed Iron Galaxy and it was a dadgum disaster I don't think they're going to do that ever again every other PC port has been fantastic like I think Horizon Zero Dawn had some issues but it wasn't like a bad port it was more of like engine level when they turned things to 60 FPS it just caused issues I got a lot of stability out of that game when I capped the FPS at 60 people that were going uncapped I think were having issues as well but generally speaking Returnal's port was praised Ratchet and Clank's port was praised both the Spider-Man games have been praised God of War 2018 has been praised Days Gone is a great port Sony has an amazing port history the last of us part one was this stupid dumb marketing decision that ended up blowing up in their face they should have just delayed the dadgum thing ain't nobody booted that up and thought oh yeah we should sell this it'd have been far better off to, like just posting an announcement and saying we got to delay this six months it we, we you don't you don't do that to property that's that valuable to your to your ecosystem and to your into your brand that was ridiculous and stupid and reckless it's like the show is crushing it your game is crushing it you got remakes and remasters on the way and that's what you're going to do when you finally land on pc <laughs> stupid it was certain animations like face animations and grass yeah every in animations in in horizon zero dawn were built in a 30 fps environment this is one of the reasons that like you can't just uncap the frames in Bloodborne and everything's fine. It can cause issues. It can cause issues with the enemy animations, your own animations, damage outputs, uh, iframes. All those things can get messed up when you take a game built in a 30 FPS environment and just crank the frames per second. Destiny had this as an issue. Even with the fandom, Lono, says Doc, Halo. if Halo Infinite goes to PS5, that's more people in multiplayer. Sony won the console war. Now it's a service content war and not just first party. Yeah, it's definitely a content war now. hundred percent. One hundred percent. Which is why I think the PS5 Pro is going to play a significant role in PlayStation's future. I think the PlayStation 5 Pro is going to play a significant role in PlayStation's future because I believe they have once again approached developers and said, what do you need? You know? 
They they did the Aladdin. Poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? They have done it again. That's my belief based on everything that we've heard. And I think developers are going to be salivating to say, let's just just put our games over here, bro. (laughs) Their platform's huge. The customers buy the games. The hardware's great. It's easy to develop for. All those wheels are greased. Like, I just think it's going to be very, very, very difficult. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for third-party developers to... If there's going to be this natural magnetism to build for that platform, especially when you see things like this. See, this is the grand irony. <laughs> the pro Xbox guys drawing attention to this Sony, this Sony interview, all it does is highlight how small the Xbox console footprint is. Th- that's, that's all it does. It highlights that in black and white sending another loud and clear message to the gaming market that why put games over there like the grand self-owning irony of people being like ha 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 playstation's going third party any business analyst any financial expert anybody looking at this is like no it's not it's not what he said in fact if you really consider the sales trajectories why would anybody do that you don't want to highlight this story if you're pro xbox you don't Mm-mm. didn't go the way y'all thought it was going to go. It, all it's doing is highlighting how small their console footprint is. Uh, Doc says, Lono, so is the CEO saying day and date to PC? Um, I think that that's next gen, Doc. I think they spend this generation cementing a console audience and that console audience won't be bothered by Spider-Man 3. I think Spider-Man 3 will be one of the first to land day and date on PC. Yes. Yeah. When we were talking about day and date on PC a while ago, I said, I don't see it happening. And somebody said, next generation. And I thought, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Like, once you get the power thresholds closer together, I'm not talking top-of-the-line PCs. I'm talking, like, the average PC that a consumer owns. If Let's say the PS6 continues to shrink that gap between and the average gaming PC that's out in the market and the PS6 are very close together, it just kind of makes sense. And if you've established a very strong console base this gen, those people aren't going to be bothered. They're just going to buy the PS6. Do you want to know why? Because of stuff like this. They're pulling the they're pulling the Apple approach. They're fostering like this culture, this accessory purchase. You're going to be so embedded and your digital library is going to play a role here. Digital digital library is going to play a role here. You're not going to be bothered. You're not going to be bothered by a game landing on PC day and date. You're like, that's fine. I, this is where all my games are. I have all this hardware. If you've been with PlayStation, let's say you buy a PlayStation today and you're on PlayStation for the next six years. You're not going to be bothered by the games going to PC day and date. You're not. It's not going to bother you at all. Why? 
because number one, you're you're going to be staring down the barrel of buying a PS6 or buying a gaming rig. And when you buy the gaming rig, you leave behind your digital library. You're like, well, I, I don't have all my stuff. I don't have all my achievements. I don't have all of my, my trophies. And I've got hardware. You got things like a PlayStation Portal. You have things like a PSVR 2. And it's like, I got to leave all this behind. It just isn't going to happen. I don't think... I don't think PlayStation's concerned about day and date in six years. Right now, I don't think day and date would be a good idea for them. I don't think it's in the cards. It wouldn't make sense. They're trying to push consoles. It will bother them. I don't think it will bother most PlayStation owners. There will certainly be PlayStation owners on Twitter crying like children. But for the average person, they're not going to give a frick. You think you think John Q. Public... You think John Q. Public, who owns a PlayStation 5 right now you th- you honestly think that that guy is going to be like compelled by Spider-Man 3 landing day and date on PC do you think he's going to be like well doggone it <laughs> I can't believe it no do you want to know how because they're going to boil the frog slowly Helldivers 2 is launching on PC and PlayStation 5 in like a week and if they do that over the next couple of years, periodically there's going to be day and date PS5 PC releases and no one's going to bat an eye when Spider-Man 3 does it. They'll be like, okay. It won't even, it won't even register. The PSX would need to be quite powerful. Not really. It only needs to be close to the average mid-level PC in the market at that time because that's what most of the PC consumers are going to have. You just have to target the middle. And then if you fall a little bit under that, fine. That's totally fine. Well, my mid-level PC can run better than the place. Great. That's what that consumer values. He'll buy Spider-Man 3 and he'll crank the numbers. He'll crank everything up. Thanks for using my code. I appreciate that, Fuzzy. Guys, I am... We promoted this yesterday. I am wearing another Into the AM shirt. Um, this is a Starfield shirt. This is how it feels to play uh, Starfield. Just a sad astronaut. I'm kidding. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> um, this one comes from Into the AM. Into the AM.com slash Lono. Or be sure to use code Lono when you're over there. You can stack the discount. They have a, a clearance sale going on right now. Anywhere from like... 30% off up to like 90% off and you can stack my code on top so be sure to use my code over there they're great, they send me shirts all the time and uh, I appreciate you guys so so much Doc, Doc, should I send you one of these? Do you want one of these, Doc? I think I think, I think, think this would go, you could cut the sleeves off it does have sleeves, I know you I know all your shirts don't have sleeves, but I could send one to you, Doc <laughs> I don't know if they make it in a tank top <laughs> anyway (laughs) Nintendo's crying in silence after Power World release destroyed the whole company with one game (laughs) no (laughs) listen Power World is on a rocket right now but Pokemon Pokemon is a planet, brother. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. 
Pal World's crushing it. Pal World is a massive jet engine rocket right now. It's on top of the world. Pokemon's a dadgum planet. Nintendo and Pokemon are not at all. <laughs> like, not even remotely threatened. They're too, they're too embedded in, in an entire culture. It's just, I don't think... I think everybody looks at everything as if it's like a competition or a fight. Like, yeah, Power World, haha, <laughs> suck it, Pokemon. And Pokemon's like, I'm sorry, what? We're a planet made out of gold coins. You, you think we're worried about Power World? I remember last week when Lono said Power World would not be successful. I never said that. That's completely untrue. I said that the trailers were vastly different than the IGN footage, and I was worried that people were going to boot it up on Game Pass and bail on it after like 10 minutes because it's very different than what the trailer said. I didn't say it would not be successful. I never said that. I was like, I don't know. I was like, that trail, that 18 minutes from IGN doesn't look anything like those trailers. I was like, I think people are going to boot up their Xbox, see like Pokemon with guns, and they're going to download that game and be like, why am I punching rocks? And they're going to uninstall. I wasn't talking about the game as a whole because it's, it's, it's actually doing far better on Steam than Xbox anyway because what I said is happening. Like, look at the score on Xbox. It's like 17 points lower than Steam. Why? Because of exactly what I said. A bunch of people installed it on Game Pass. Like 20% of its scores on Xbox are one star. Do you want to know why? Because of exactly what I said. There's a bunch of people that saw Pokemon with guns and they installed it. And they're like, I'm punching rocks. It has a much lower score on Xbox because of exactly what I said. I was like, the marketing doesn't line up at all with the content loop. Lono said the game wasn't what he thought it was going to be. Yeah, I said, I didn't know it was going to be Ark Survival Evolved with Pokemon. I didn't know that. And I said, I think a lot of people are going to boot it up and be like, what is this? Trey looked action adventure. The actual game is survival. Exactly, Jessica. That's all I was saying. I didn't say it's not going to be successful. I didn't say that at all. You guys always mishear and misrepresent. I didn't say that. I think it runs worth on Xbox. It also doesn't help that Xbox has a version with less less of the quality of life, for sure. For sure. But it also doesn't help that it sits on Game Pass and you look at a trailer and you're riding a dinosaur and shooting an AK-47 at Pokemon and then you boot up the game and you're punching rocks. Like, a lot of people were like, this is not for me. Like, that's not hate. The game's crushing it. I had fun with it. The game's amazing. I did a show this week about it. It's called Nuance, Right? I can say everything I just said about people booting up Power World and being like, this isn't the game that I expected, and that's not hate. You have to create more compartments in your brain than just two. Hate or shilling, it's like, it's either one. It's like, no. You can be honest about the fact that plenty of people booted up that game on, on, the, on Xbox and said, this really isn't what I expected. And that's not hate. That's just a simple observation. Even John Linneman from Digital Foundry said that he felt the marketing was misleading. It's vastly different than what you do in the early stages of the game. The vibe of the trailers and the vibe of the game are very different. It's an amazing game. You you can have a great game where, you know, the marketing was a little, you know, 
it was a little juiced. You know, they showed the, the all the best parts. They showed all the action. They didn't show you hitting trees and rocks to build a table. Yo, a gifted member from B Carter is legit. Thank you so much. Moving the line to three. It's we've we've slowed down a little bit on that, guys. This Friday night is community game night. If you wanted to be fight night where you beat me up in fighting games, y'all are gonna have to bring the heat. And B Carter is legit. Also renewed their membership. Thank you for the great content. Even the topics that I don't care, you always get an hour of my life. Xbox has one game. LOL, take care, save the king. Yo, B Carter, you renewed your membership and you gifted memberships. Do me a favor. Bump your membership up from gifted to member. We have a five, a six, and a $10 tier now. $6 is designed as the base membership. Five is purely the gifted tier now. Same with Starfield, says Ghost in the Garage Gaming. People thought they would be able to do whatever they wanted and go wherever they wanted. Yeah, I said the same thing, pause the stream. Imagine Power World hitting the Switch. I said the same thing. I was like, my gosh, that game would crush on the Switch. It would. People were like, well, the Pokemon audience wouldn't play it. There's a lot of people on Nintendo that don't really play Pokemon. There's also a lot of people who play Pokemon who would give it a, give it a try. Um, uh, your key, important information, embargo. Not publish anything before. Okay. Okay, sweet. <gasps> sweet. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Good news. Guys, do me a favor. We are one hour into the broadcast. If you haven't hit the like button yet, do me a favor and do that. It really helps out the video. There's been over 600 people here almost the entire time. We could easily have 400 likes by now. Let's just jack that like count way up. If you've ever gifted members before to the stream, we are doing a big push this week to get to 2,500 members to turn this Friday night into a fight night. Every month, you get a community game night, and that is for all members. It's going to be the last Friday of every month, but this month, you guys can beat me up in a fighting game if you unlock it. Currently, we are at 2164. Yeah, that's the perfect shirt for Doc. Here, Doc, I got it. I got it into the AM shirt for you. Okay, you you got to go go use my code, Doc, and wear this one. And then I need you to put it in 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a video, and I need you to give you need to give me a little bit of a shout out. Okay, ready? There it is. That's it. That's Doc right there, dude. That's it. The sleeves are already off. He's flexing his guns. And it's he clearly loves Starfield. He really, really does. You'll also notice that its space is just completely empty. So it's very, very accurate. Um, <laughs> Wired Rope says, come on, boys. Let's get the member train going. Let's get that goal. And he hits an, a five bomb up to eight. Thank you very, very much. Um... Uh. Mm. Okay. Uh, sometimes it would be good to not live in a world of defending anything Xbox. Just open your eyes and enjoy the fresh air. Xbox is just a plastic box. It's not uh so serious. I'm buying that shirt payday. Make sure if you guys buy anything on Into the AM to use my code. I love working with them, man. They're sending me shirts all the time, and uh, I, I greatly appreciate the support. Doc's got to get it in gray. Yeah, come on, Doc. Get that one in gray, man. New subscribers today as well. If you guys are hitting subscribe so you can talk in the chat, welcome. I appreciate it so, so much. But how do survival games do on Nintendo? 
I mean, I don't necessarily think that everybody has a natural aversion to survival games. Like, everybody's played a survival game that convinced them survival games are fun, right? Everybody, Everybody's played a survival game that convinces you survival games are fun. And I actually think Power World would do that. I think it would convert a ton of people. I, I believe that it would. actually recovering in the xbox store it was 20 percent one star yeah it's now 19 percent. well yes and you want to know why because word of mouth is spreading and people are like oh i like those kinds of games i'm going to go play that does that make sense like people are now going to play it because of what they've heard not because of a trailer that they've seen if someone comes to you and says, you got to play this game, this is what it's like, you're way more likely to download it and enjoy it instead of the groundswell of people that flooded the game in the first couple of days. It had glitches, it had bugs, it had crashes, it's an older version. He said it wasn't an older version in an interview, but then he basically went on to say it's an older version. So, I, it's an older version, it doesn't have all the, as many updates. That's by definition an older version of the game. And... It got it got a bunch of low scores. None of that. None of that slamming. None of that's me saying that the game wasn't going to be successful. I, I I didn't say that. I said that I was worried people were going to have the same experience I did and be like, oh wow, this is very different than what I expected. So, No Man's Sky is on Switch. Stardew's a survival game. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I don't play a whole lot of games on my Nintendo. I primarily play first-party Nintendo games on my Switch. So, there you go. There's some games on Nintendo. No Man's Sky and Stardew. Our, our pe- people are pointing to those games. So, we gotta bring the topic back. You guys got us way off the beaten path of Power World. I, I took the bait because it's a hot topic. But, as far as this the, the PlayStation news and the CEO interview. By the way, guys, uh, if you're lurking, double-check your like, because uh, typically when we're like, hey, man, we need some likes, it, like, explodes, and YouTube's been acting real finicky lately. Make sure it is saving your like count, all right? Sometimes I know on mobile you have to minimize the chat, and that's annoying. But if you guys are listening every single day, that doesn't look right to me. I still think YouTube's acting up. Every time we go to a premiere, I have to keep refreshing the video, or it doesn't work. So double-check that YouTube's not being squirrely with your likes. Lono, the scores are going to get better when they add dedicated servers, I'm telling you. Well, for sure, for sure. But we, we got we to gotta get off of Power World. I mean, as, as a catalyst, I don't think Xbox is going to try to pay for exclusivity, but we'll see. I don't know. That thing's red hot. You know, Phil, uh, Phil Spencer is, you know, potentially on the phone with them each day trying to, trying to convince them. They're probably not going to want to have that discussion right now. They're probably going to want to see where total sales lands before they start taking offers for, you know, exclusivity deals. So, and in that vein, in that vein, this, you know, the interview and games coming to PC, mobile, and cloud. On the subject of PlayStation games coming to PC, we were kind of talking about that before I got distracted by a guy saying that, you know, Power World was destroying Nintendo and Pokemon. I I shouldn't have taken the bait. <laughs> I shouldn't have. Uh, thoughts? Okay, what you got here, Eugene? Eugene says, I don't give a blank if PC gets day and date unless it delays games and degrades quality which is why I don't think we will ever see it with tentpole titles. 
Well, it seemed internally that Insomniac was planning on doing that with Spider-Man 3. Now, again, there seems to be a multiplayer component that's playing a role there, right? There, there seems to be a multiplayer component playing a role there. It's like, well, it's going to launch with multiplayer day and date, so PC it up. Why? Well, I mean, look how many... By that time, you're going to have Spider-Man Remastered, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man 2 all on PC. Yo, Marcus, how long till $80 to $100 games for standard editions becomes the new norm? I'm not really sure. I don't know if they're going to do another price hike anytime soon. I don't think you'd see... I don't think you'll see a price hike to 80 or higher until, you know, 2030 probably. I don't know if it was the plan or a possibility they were exploring. I mean, I'm with you, Eugene. Everything we know about development, right? Everything we know about development, it's like Wolverine is early, uh, is day and date PC, not Spider-Man 3. No, that's incorrect. That's not what anything, nothing said that. The document roadmap showed Spider-Man 3 launching day and date with multiplayer and hitting PC day and date. There was nothing that said Wolverine was coming day and date. You're getting your wires crossed. You're confusing things that were said. And like Eugene's saying, that could have just been a projection or a potential plan, not like an official strategy from PlayStation. It doesn't necessarily come to fruition, okay? I continue to think... I I continue to think that they are not going to care about putting things day and date. However, again, what what you said makes makes a good pushback. Like if it's going to slow development and it's going to take longer for the games to come out and then because you stretched your 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 project's breadth, we now get problems and a less polished game. I'm 100% with you. That yeah, I don't I don't want that either. We know how the industry works and we know the minute you go from building for just the PlayStation to building for all these other platforms, well, not other platforms, but all the different combinations of what like a PC can throw at you. I'm with you. I I'm I'm more of the mindset of hit PlayStation first and then hit PC a year later. I actually, I'm of the exact same mindset for all of the property that Xbox owns. It makes way better sense to launch the game on Xbox, hit Game Pass day and date, and then a year later have a porting team bring the game over. I think everybody gets a better product when you do that. I have, funny enough, people call it port begging, you listen you don't have to port beg when you own every system like stop just buying into nonsense propagandistic terms like you port beggar I own every system no one's port begging I actually have a concern I would much rather have Xbox titles land on the Xbox and PC first and then come to PlayStation later I'm gonna buy Hellblade 2 for my Series X I don't want Hellblade 2 landing multi-plat because that gonna that's just going to increase the chances of a rough launch of a Jedi survivor as an example. Like 
I don't want games launching like Jedi Survivor. I would rather it just hit Xbox and PC first and then come to PlayStation later. That's better for all parties involved. That's better for the gamers that are buying the game. It's better for the developers that are making the game. It's it's better for everybody. Pushing to say, no, 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 no. We want to have games launching on every platform day one. Again, I just, I immediately grow concerned about quality. I'm like, oh, really? Here we go. And I know people are going to point to Capcom, but lately, multi-plat games are the ones that launch in the roughest shape. And the first-party games are the ones that launch in the best shape. That's just, it, that's not, <laughs> that's not even fanboyism. That's basic logic. That's listening to what the developers say. They all say that if they build for one system, the, games, the, games, the game ends up coming out faster and in better shape. They all say it. What, are they all lying? Like, it, it's better for all of us. Like, I don't think Charles Freeman with a five bomb comes in and gets us halfway to the first milestone. Thank you so, so much. Charles Freeman. Inching us a little bit closer. to I think we'll be close to 2200 in a little bit here. And then 2500 is the goal for this week. Never played Hellblade. Should I just dust off my Xbox? I think Hellblade 1 is a masterpiece. It's one of my all-time favorite games. You have to play it with headphones on. And yeah, I think it's one of the I think it's one of the greatest games ever made. We were kind of laughing cuz you know, I get called a pony and people are like, "Well, what are your all-time favorite games?" I'm like, "Hellblade, Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Will of the Wisps." Wow, that was a lot of Xbox titles. And then I get to Ghost of Tsushima, Sekiro, Oh, PlayStation snuck in there with one whopping one title. (laughs) What a pony. You just say that to appear neutral. I'm not neutral, and neither are you. (laughs) No one's trying to appear neutral. I just think your labels are dumb. I recently played Hellblade and the directional sound stuff with Senua's Psychosis voices. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, you have to play that game with headphones on. I have all the systems, Xbox and PlayStation, but I don't have a gaming computer right now. I might do it down the line. Do you remember when games had different release dates in different countries and regions, like months apart because they weren't taking uh, time for localization? Porting is similar. Get your primary version locked down and then port. Yeah, I completely agree with that approach. I like. I don't. I don't want to see any Xbox first-party titles landing on PlayStation and Xbox day one. I don't want to see that. Number one, if I see that, I know that means we waited longer for the game to come out. And number two, it's just going to increase the likelihood of problems. I I don't care about that. I've always said, what have I always said? I care about quality. That matters to me more than anything else. I care about quality. If the game comes out and it's just on Xbox and it doesn't come to PlayStation for a year, do you want to know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play it on my Xbox. When you have standards and you're attracted to quality, it's extremely easy to stay consistent. When you have to be beholden to a narrative and a brand, you can't stay consistent. You can't. It's almost impossible. That's why I can say with... With zero agenda, I'm like, I don't care if PlayStation games come to Xbox. It doesn't bother me at all. 
Now, I would care if they come day and date and it diminishes quality. Same reason I don't want Xbox to do that. I don't want games coming day and dates to Xbox and PlayStation. I don't want that. Why? It's likely to diminish quality. It's likely to make it make me wait longer for the game. Makes more sense to launch day and date on your own platform and then port it a year later. Same with games coming to PC from PlayStation. It just makes good sense. It makes good business sense. You get to maintain your brand's identity, your brand's marketing beats of like, hey, we've got games, here, here's where games are coming, here's when games are coming, and then you also get to maximize your profit by launching on other platforms. Oh, Pacific Drive has a new video out? That game looks super fun and super creative. Hellblade was rough in the beginning. Oh, the beginning is what sold me. I was hooked from moment one. Her in the boat? I was hooked from moment one. Did we just have a blip? Ain't no way we jumped 60 viewers that fast. Did you guys have to refresh or something? If you guys are having to refresh, I am sorry about that. Usually when the viewership spikes up like that, it's not real. It's because people are refreshing and getting counted twice. Um, make sure you guys are smashing the like button. That can kind of help because now we're going to lose all those people and YouTube's going to be like, what the heck happened? Um, blips, blips like that are really bad for, uh, it makes it seem like a bunch of people left when they didn't. It's like 630 people to 690 is, you know, that's not good because that's not real. And so it'll be counted against us. Just get all the platforms. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't have to port beg because I have every system, but I understand the people who can only afford one system or they're really only in the market for one system. They don't want to fill their living room with a bunch of different boxes. They don't want to have a digital library that's in all these different places. That's why I think a lot of the port begging narrative is just projection. It's like you think in the realm of port begging because you have one box I have all of them. So when you say port begging, I don't it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what that means. Name a video game coming out. I can buy it and play it. I don't have to beg. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be like, oh no, will I be able to play that? The only thing I'm ever concerned with is quality. I remember when they announced Jedi Survivor. The first thing I said was, that seems kind of fast. Like, the release date just felt like super fast and super out of nowhere. And guess what? My gut instincts were right. That thing was not ready. That was way too fast. Disney pushed that timeline. That's not a first-party title for any for any of the platforms. I wasn't concerned about Xbox or PlayStation. I was concerned about quality. It's like, I'm going to buy it. I, I want it to be good. I don't want to deal with glitches or bugs or crashes or whatever. I care more. Uh, I can more than afford an Xbox, says Eugene. They just haven't earned my money for their hardware. They lost that because they released a crappy piece of hardware 15 years ago. If you want all games, just get a PC. It gets cheaper than console. I can show the math. Nobody cares about saving money long term. They care about instant gratification. Do you understand consumers in the market? Like that nobody's like, yes, please enlighten me how I can buy a PC and save money long term and not play any Nintendo games unless I'm willing to steal them. 
or not play PlayStation games unless they luckily get ported. You're not speaking to the consumer. People who always want to talk about how, like, well, I can go to PC Part Picker and build a machine that's, you know, only $800 and it's going to kick the crap out of PlayStation 5. Yeah, you got to go to eBay and get used video cards and bargain bin shop to do that. And then you're still waiting for the ports. You're not speaking to the consumer. The consumer doesn't care about any of that. There are consumers that do. You're one of them. But the average consumer is not like, yeah, that's totally fine. I'll go to Best Buy or Amazon or wherever, and I'll buy a gaming rig for $1,200 to $1,500, but I'll save money in the long run, and I won't be able to play The Legend of Zelda. I won't be able to play Ghost of Tsushima. I won't be able to play a ton of titles unless I'm willing to steal them or just flat out wait for them. So, again... You care? I was talking to all consumers. I wasn't talking to all consumers. Right, but you're making a case that no one cares to hear. Like, no one cares to hear that, like, and and plus, and plus, what you're saying is, you said, if you want all games, just get a PC. That sentence is nonsensical. I can't get all games on a PC. I'm not willing to steal games. Like, Imagine being pro-piracy and then complaining about DRM, like... Like, you can't get all games on a PC. You can't. You can get a ton more. The indie scene on PC is phenomenal. There's a ton of releases on PC, like, every week. You're never hungry for games on PC. Steam is amazing. But you're not, you're not getting all games. You're not. Uh, do y'all spend this much time complaining when Home Depot gets special tool deals and Lowe's doesn't? Y'all beg DeWalt to sell the combo pack that Home Depot has at Lowe's. Even Steam acknowledges that when they made a handful to make their library more available or play to go. I'm not sure what you're saying, uh, Momo. They're going to put it on PlayStation ASAP. Does they want to make those unit sales, which doesn't happen on Xbox? If you're talking about Pow World, I mean, their official fact on their Steam page and their community manager made it clear they're open to coming to PlayStation. That, again, is extremely upsetting. I had people in my comments yesterday, it's never coming to PlayStation. They said that. No, they didn't. And why are you saying that? Like, let's just press pause. I don't care if Power World comes to PlayStation. I don't. You can clip me and call me a port beggar because you're a liar, but that's not that's not at all what I'm concerned with. I don't care. I play it on my Xbox. It's fun. The real question is, why are you saying that? It isn't true. Instead of instead of asking the question like, is this pony port begging, which is also just some made up not true thing, some fantasy land you know, weird people live in. Instead of looking at that, ask the better question. The official fact of the game and their community manager are like, we are open to it. Why are you saying that that'll never come to PlayStation? They said it'll never come to PlayStation. Your answer to that question is probably, oh, I heard it somewhere. Really? 
Where, pray tell, did you hear that? Where? See, the, the, the better question you should be asking is, why do we have to spend so much time slapping down things that are painfully and obviously untrue? That's the better question you should be asking. Why? Cody Biscuits with 20 months. Have a great day. Like, as I said during the show open, people taking this quote from the Sony CEO and saying, yeah, man, PlayStation's going third party. To the point that Tom Warren from The Verge, he was extremely pro-Xbox during the ABK hearing. He, that's not a slight or a slam. That homie leaned in favor of Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. Even he came out and was like, this is a nothing burger. PlayStation games are not going to come to Xbox. At least they're not saying that. Like, as I said during my show open, it's embarrassing to have to do something so pedestrian, so first grade English. It's like, what are we, what, where are you getting this? That's the question you should be asking. The question you should be asking is, well, why is Lono smacking this down? The question you should be asking is, why was I told this thing that wasn't true? They announced a roadmap, but there's no PS5 version in there, which would seem later down the line. Oh, for sure, Zinthos. They're open to it, meaning there's no active plan to do it. There's a giant chasm of difference between saying, oh, we're open to it, and saying it will never come to PlayStation. It's like, those aren't even remotely the same sentences or statements. They're not. So it's like, again, (laughs) fighting the fight against misinformation and disinformation one stream at a time. Right. You have to get underneath the firefight and the mudslinging and the name calling on Twitter. And you've got to ask yourself a question. Why am I constantly being told things that aren't true? You you can yell at me all you want. You, You can call me a pony. I don't care. You know what I mean? You might as well call me a buffalo. I'm not I'm not what you're claiming that I am. It doesn't it doesn't have any power. You should be asking the question, why am I constantly parroting things that aren't true? The cuphead dev said that and see how that turned out. I'm not familiar with that. What the cuphead dev said something about landing on another platform? We just ignore those individuals, don't give them a platform. I don't agree, Hadigan Matter. I think the, the spending an appropriate amount of time smacking down things that aren't true is worth our while. So, when we were discussing doing this show yesterday, my producer's like, he agreed with Tom Warren. He's like, it's a nothing burger. It's a two-month-old interview, and he said things they've been saying for ten years. And I said, yes, but if we don't cover it, It'll look like, number one, like we're dodging, which is hilarious. Yes, I'm dodging covering something that Sony's been saying for 10 years. I'm shaken by their plan to bring their gaming experiences to PC as I own some of their games on PC, PC, mobile, and cloud. The, the abhorrent horror of games going to other places. Um, but I was like, it'll look like we're dodging. And number two, I was like, 
speaking against the narrative I think is important I think it's very important and funny enough I can predict the future guaranteed there will be clips from this stream on Twitter calling me a pony saying that I'm in denial like all, it's it's so easy to predict because it's not about what's true it's about how can we spin this to satiate the people that don't like him or that don't like Sony it's it's not it's never been about what's true it wasn't about what was true last year either and it isn't now You're giving them too much uh, of your time and attention. I don't agree. I think today's stream was incredibly important to say, this is what the CEO said. This is where things are going. There's a vast difference between the Xbox strategy and the PlayStation strategy. I don't agree with you. I don't think I'm giving them too much of my time. I think this is well worth a show. It's well worth a show. Isn't Cuphead on PlayStation? Oh, did he answer me about what what happened with Cuphead? I wasn't following Cuphead back then. To be fair, says Mark, I wouldn't want to see God of War on Xbox as much as I don't want to see Gears coming to PlayStation. Some games deserve to stay where they are. I mean, it certainly seems otherworldly that Gears, that a game like Gears could even land on PlayStation. It does. But when you zoom out and you look at Xbox's strategy, it's like, it just suddenly makes sense. Like, it's almost like you have to, like, step up. Remember when I made the example of, like, George Washington? He, like, he freaking retreated all the time. And it led to victory. It led to, it led to ultimate success, okay? Maybe not in the way they initially thought it was going to go. But when you zoom out on that history and you look at what he did zoomed out, you're like, okay, in the moment it might be like, what the frick are we doing? And I think that's what people are doing. They're like, Sea of Thieves, Hi-Fi Rush on PlayStation? Rumors about Starfield? Rumors about Gears of War collection? Really? What? It seems insane. But when you go like this, you like zoom out and you look up and you're like, wait, look at how everything has happened. It just, it, it just makes sense. It's like, nah, it makes perfectly good business sense. They've completely moved away from saying, we got to keep these things hostage to get people to buy the box. Ask that question. If Xbox has deprioritized consoles, which is plain as day they've done, they constrained the distribution of the Series X to funnel, sl- like, basically blades to cloud. They're prioritizing the S but then even then their last couple of outings at gaming events they promote PC Game Pass because that's where there's growth opportunities according to Phil Spencer so if they no longer see good growth opportunities with console distribution then what purpose does an exclusive serve what you have to ask that question that's the question when you're like no Starfield's never coming to PS5 you'll notice I got taken to task for saying I had sources about that. The guy that said he was going to get somebody to just, I guess, blow me out of the water on a podcast. Where's that podcast? There's nobody willing to say that. Isn't that interesting? 
there's not a Microsoft spokesperson that is willing to speak to Starfield coming to other platforms. They're not willing to do it. You think somebody from Bethesda is going to be willing to do that? You think they're going to step out of line and speak to something that they're not even in charge of? Of course not. That podcast won't happen. You're not going to get an official person by name to say that on the record when Microsoft won't even speak to it. You have to ask that question. It's like, if we're no longer focused on like selling our consoles and growing our consoles, we've lost that fight. What purpose does it serve to restrict a game to your console? What's the point? What is it? What does it do other than shrink potential revenue? What's it do? If the ecosystem's everywhere, if the ecosystem is mobile and TV and PC and cloud, that that that's why that's why Phil can be like, they're part of the Xbox community now. That's why the CFO is like, well, we previously viewed them as competitors. It's it, they don't even view the market the way that they used to. I think the writing was on the wall when Phil said that he didn't really view PlayStation and Nintendo as their competition. He viewed Google and Amazon as their competition. That was like the very first, like, huh? I was like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. PlayStation and Nintendo were a means to an end. They're just going to make a ton of money. We're just going to sell games, brother. We don't care about all of that. They're building an empire. That's the thing people are missing. It's like, Microsoft's building an empire. They don't care about consoles. They care about money. And PlayStation's the exact same way. PlayStation's not worried about, oh, well, we got to make sure our games are over there because that's better for the consumer. No, they're worried about money. And it's in their business interest to not do that. That platform's too small. The sales ratios are too low. There's no reason for us to do that. It hurts our identity, it hurts our brand, and we're not probably even going to make the money back. That can go for Sony as well. Why leave money on the table? I just answered that. PlayStation would inflict so much brand damage, so much consumer confidence by saying, yeah, God of War is going to Xbox. They get nothing from that but loss. They damage their identity, they damage their brand, and they put it on a platform that's smaller than every other gaming platform out there, and that platform sales ratios are always the lowest. The ratio to user sale is always the lowest on Xbox because of Game Pass and the ecosystem and culture that it's fostered. So there's no business reason for Nintendo or PlayStation to look at the smallest market, the smallest footprint, and say, well, we better make sure and put our games there. Heck, Nintendo probably won't even be convinced to put their games on PC anytime in the future. It's just not in their business strategy. It isn't. I would love it if they did it. It'd be amazing. I would love to play Tears of the Kingdom on a PC. Legitimately play it on a PC. I agree with you. I said that earlier, Bonea. I said... I don't think the average PlayStation owner is going to care if if PlayStation games start going day and day to PC. But as Eugene said, the only real concern, if you're you're like super in the know, the average consumer doesn't know this, but if you kind of understand how development works, the thought of PlayStation games going day and day to PC, my only concern is quality. I don't give a rip, but I'm like, am I going to wait an extra 9 to 12 months to get it? 
and if I wait that extra 9 to 12 months is it going to be more buggy and glitchy because you guys stretched out the bandwidth and the project took longer and QA had a harder time like no build a solid product for PlayStation first then get your porting team to take it to PC that's working right now why disrupt that why do parallel development no that again is me being more tuned into how these interworking pieces move and I don't want them doing that because that's a threat to quality I don't care if PC guys get the game doesn't bother me at all it never has I own PlayStation games on my PC that I also own on my my PlayStation because I don't care Sony keeps up spending this kind of money on first party when it's been shown they're not even making enough money back then that can't sustain that again is completely misleading a bunch of people took the insomniac leaks to act like it's not sustainable they don't make enough money no no the margins are fine but they're under threat they're not where you want them to be that's why they're looking at spider-man 3 being broken into two parts and being 50 bucks a piece to increase total revenue to pad the margins it's, there's, it's not like there's not margins on those titles. They made money on those titles. They're saying these margins are under threat because of everything that's going on in the world as well as the mushrooming budget. How do we, how do we fix this? Well, we can increase total revenue by breaking the game into two parts, selling it for 50 bucks each time, and that gives the total potential revenue padding against cost. That makes our margins more protected. If it wasn't profitable, they wouldn't keep doing it. They wouldn't... You honestly think they're just throwing money at, at first-party property and just they're in the red every time? No, it's working. It's just very, very... Uh, it's like volatile. If, if a game doesn't sell well or it doesn't perform well... Spider-Man 2 crushed. It did, fu- it did perfectly fine. It's, it's, it's more about the trajectory of mushrooming budgets, inflation, and margins being potentially shoved down by that. Because Nintendo is not making any more money than they did 10 years ago, no matter how much the console sells. What? I'm not sure what you're saying, Paul. They can also lock down third-party exclusives where the devs' costs are offset and they just market the project, like what they're currently doing. That's right. So much of what PlayStation can do can be um, essentially subsidized by third-party because they can bring... Like I said, I think the PS5 Pro is, is going to be winsome to developers. Disclaimer, it is legitimate on PC if you own the game. It is legitimate... From an ethical standpoint, I don't think it's legitimate from a legal standpoint because you're, you're it's still a breach of TOS. You're still breaching TOS. I would say ethically, you're in the clear. If you own the game and you play it somewhere else because you prefer the performance, I don't have an ethical problem with that. I don't have a moral problem with that. You haven't stolen anything. Legally, you've breached TOS. That's not something that you're, you're allowed to do. You know, I I think that dividing line's fair. I I do. 
Sony can't afford to lose even half the money they make creating big AAA games. That's why they need third party. Well, and and the whole the whole narrative around third party games, and you know, they generate they generate the most money and all of this. That's true for Xbox as well. I mean that that's where most of the games landing on Game Pass for the last four years. You want to add up all the games on Game Pass for the last four years? Do you wonder what the percentage of that is third party? That, that, that both platforms make the most from third party because there's so many of those games. Like, how can you not? Spider-Man 2 is going to sell 20 million copies when it's all said and done, and they already hit profit on it. That's right. People won't put up with games being treated that way and tricked to actually spend over $150, and other countries were paying playing a risky game if they do that, and then because of them, gaming would follow because of it. The debate about game prices is largely driven by people who ignore basic facts. You know. No game should be $70. No game is worth $70. Really? Says who? Market doesn't seem to say that. The market dictates what costs should be by demand and perceived value transmission. Now, in the digital entertainment realm, video games are the best deal going. I bought Prince of Persia. Okay? Buy Prince of Persia, and I'm closing in on 20 hours. If I spend the same amount of money that I spend on a game like that, and I spend it on movies... I I gotta buy the movies, not rent them. Okay? I'm gonna buy maybe three or four movies. So that's somewhere between 9 and 12 hours of entertainment. Album, same deal. Right? The, the, The value exchange on video games is absurd compared to everything else that you can buy in the leisure digital market. It's absurd. And what'll happen is when you say these things, you'll be called a corporate shill. Why? Well, because interacting with this logically is really difficult. You can't interact with this logically. You can't interact with this from an economic sense, from an inflation sense. You can't. So you got to insult. Every time this comes up, every time I've talked about this, that's where people run. Because if you try to interact with this logically, you're facing so many challenges. Games back in the day, according to inflation, were like $100 or more. We're spending less now than we did back then, and our games are infinitely larger. Do you want to compare the size of Breath of the Wild to Ocarina of Time? Do you want to compare Breath of the Wild to the original Legend of Zelda? Do you really want to do that? Dollars to hours? It's a joke. We... The, the value exchange that we get in gaming is absurdly good. But the perception is, oh, that's too expensive. That's too high. So yes, gaming companies are having to get creative. Microtransactions, live service, ongoing games, breaking your game into two pieces like we've seen with Spider-Man 3 they're considering doing. So 
So what about 15-hour games that are $70? Again, Mediocre Milton, that is up to you. You have to decide if that was worth it or not. It's not always about the number of hours. Like, I'm willing to pay full price for Hellblade 2, and I know that game's going to land around 10, 15 hours if if I do like a completionist run, maybe. So probably around 10 hours. I have to decide if that's worth it, and I think it is. You want to know why? Because I can't get that experience anywhere else. I I can't. The greatest TV show, the greatest movie, the greatest album can't give me the immersive experience and storytelling that I can get from a game like Hellblade 2. Now, it's not out yet, so I'm presuming that it'll be ratcheted up in quality and value compared to Hellblade 1. I think that's fair to assume that. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's trash, but I'm assuming that. So as a consumer, I'm like, that's worth it, bro. I can't get this anywhere else. Supply and demand, right? Demand for a product's going to go up when it's unique, when it's rare, when it's you can't really find it anywhere else. And you're just sitting there getting out a stopwatch and counting the minutes. That's that's one aspect of this. In general, Across the board, the value exchange that we get on video games is insanely good. If you last year just bought the games nominated for Game of the Year and you want to cry and whine about games being too expensive, you and I are on different planets. I don't know where you are. I don't know what your standards are. But if you just bought the five games nominated for Game of the Year and you're like, yeah, games are too expensive... I, I don't know how to t- I just don't know how to talk to you I, I don't I, the value exchange is insane it's absolutely insane it's almost impossible to buy a TV show or a movie or an album and get that much value for that much money it's almost impossible resolve with a five spot thank you so much taking us to 18 members on the day You don't listen to a song once or twice. That's correct. But we all know that the familiarity with music diminishes that return of value, right? If you listen to an hour-long album 20 times in a row to hit 20 hours, are, are you enjoying the album as much on the 20th listen in a row? Now, over the years, sure, when you hit your 20th listen in a year, you're like, oh, this album still really hits. That again, though, is a completely different experience. It's just music. It's not visual. You're not interacting with it. The participatory nature of the song is, you know, subjective to if you want to sing along in the car or not. It's not even the same. And even if you do do the hour comparison, I'm continuing to have... In the 20th hour of Prince of Persia, I'm having new experiences. I'm not listening. I'm not running the exact same room over and over again. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, in general, the value exchange, when I get to hour 20 in The Last of Us Part 2, that's a new experience. It's building on everything up to that point. It's not comparable to the 20th time I listen to a song. Or, I'm sorry, an album. 
You're missing one huge thing. Most gamers are normal individuals working and often struggling to make ends meet. I have a feeling you're financially sound and could absorb increased pricing. Yeah, but see, that's an emotional argument. The market's not concerned with people who are struggling to make ends meet. The market is run by supply and demand. And if people are spending the 70, it's a leisure market, by the way. We're not talking about the cost of food. We're talking about the cost of a leisure item. Leisure items are not concerned with those who are falling on tough times. Now, you and I are concerned with that because we're human beings. We're not zeros and ones. We're not some cold calculated sales chart. So yeah, sure. You and I can be empathetic and be like, bro, it sucks that people can't afford their hobby. You know, it sucks that people can't afford a new game for sure. But the market's not concerned with that. It never is luxury cars aren't concerned with people who are trying to rub enough scratch together to buy a used car so they can get to work like that that's it doesn't factor in and when we looked at the market households over a hundred thousand are the predominant players in the market people in the six-figure threshold are primarily the people paying into the gaming market why because it is a luxury market Luxury items are driven by and purchased by people at higher thresholds in society. That's just a fact. That's not elitism or gatekeeping. It's just a market reality. What do you think the threshold of people buying, you know, fancy clothes from Brooks Brothers is? Right? When I go to the mall and I walk by Brooks Brothers, never gone in. Never bought a single thing there. Why? Brother, I'm not in that market. I'm not at that threshold to spend that kind of money on clothes. It's you see what I'm saying? Like I I get what you're saying and I feel for the people that are like, yeah, I can't weather another price increase on games. I can't. But at the same time, if the market bears it, it doesn't matter. Hang on, Lone Wolf took the time to do this. What are you saying here? Um you're allowed to make copies of software you bought for sale. Some rights can't be waived by EULAs. Hang on. Backing up title that you own is legal in most jurisdictions. That's why there's a star there. Yeah, but that's you're not backing it up on a Nintendo. You're backing it up on a PC. I don't know if that applies. I, I, I'd have to get into the legalese of that, Omar. Fantastic has claimed that the day before was the victim of a hate campaign carried out by certain bloggers who profited from being deceptive. The absolute audacity, hubris, and hypocrisy of Fantastic claiming that people were deceptive. When liars get self-righteous about lying, I just kind of chuckle. You know? Like a gaming outlet calling me a liar. And then we find out that's what they do. They lie consistently. And fantastic being like, well, the people were being deceptive. Well, you ought to know all about being deceptive, fantastic, since you lied to the public for years. And it all blew up in your face. 
liars being like, what is? what are these consequences for our actions? It was those deceptive bloggers. No, it was the fact that you lied to people for years. I told you. I was like, these guys are liars. They've been liars since moment one. Your footage was fake. Every single time you said you were going to get raw gameplay, fake. A trademark dispute, got to take down videos, but you don't take them all down. And then when you settle the trademark dispute, you don't put the videos back up. Just sit down. You guys didn't make a dime, and that's exactly how it should have played out. You come to the market and act like that, deceive the public, and then it all blows up in your face, and you want to cry victim. Shut up. Eugene says, lower income people buy used, they wait for sales, that's how they engage. They don't buy new stuff on release. If you think lower income people are buying brand new consoles and games on release, then you're simply out of touch with the market and the spending habits of low income households. Right, and none of what Eugene just said is shade, it's just, it's just again, that again is just the market reality. It's just the market reality. It's not shade, it's not it's not being unkind if you analyze the market of people who shop at brooks brothers and shop at walmart for clothing you're going to find patterns of income you will it, that's none of that analysis is shade or hate or being unkind or elitist it's just simple basic analysis of the people that buy these things fall into these brackets of income and the people that buy these things fall into these brackets of income it's not rocket science it's not rocket science alright I'm going to set the chat to members only we're going to do our members only uh, we're going to do some members only AMA this is a gaming AMA All right, this is a great time to give some members especially members have slowed down a little bit if you guys want to hit 2500 before Friday you're going you're gonna to have to really scramble uh, people want that to be a community game night it is a community game night all member tiers are invited this Friday but if you want it to be a fight night where we play fighting games and you guys beat me up because I hate fighting games um, you guys are going to have to push pretty hard to get there we did lower the goal uh, I thought that was fair because 30 days ago, you guys went insane for Christmas, and so those members fall off, and now we're trying to climb back up to 2,500. We're currently at about 2,200 members. So, you can use the the Q&A feature in chat right now, or you can just type your question in chat. Either one works. And MASH comes in and says, let's get 10 more people in the door, and he hits the 25 goal, and then some. That's Agents of Chaos right there. Not willing to just hit 25, goes past it. That means I owe you guys 5, and maybe more if we keep going. I'm gonna get the 5 I owe you guys right now, so we can get as many people into this Q&A as possible. If you guys are enjoying the show, be sure to hit that like button we need 50 more likes to hit 400 let's set our sights on that if you can't afford a membership keep watching you may end up getting a member from myself mash or anybody else being super super generous right now and then you can join into the members only q a that's taking place right now as a new member you can also get into our discord sample things see the community interact with the community and come to the extra content and see if you like it I tell you what, we don't even need to use the Q&A feature. I'm just going to end Q&A. We don't need to use the Q&A feature. You guys can just type your questions in chat. All right? 
you can just type your questions in chat. We don't need you guys bouncing back and forth in a feature. And then I got to bounce back and forth in a chat. We don't need to do that. My NES and my SNES were bundles bought on sale. My PlayStation 1, Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, they were used. My Nintendo 64 was a Christmas present. Almost every game I bought was used or traded in. We were poor growing up, says Eugene. I was in the exact same scenario, Eugene. We were po- we were we weren't poor, but we were like a notch above poor. We were a single income family with four children. And we got the, the Nintendo Entertainment System. I believe we got it a year after it had already been out. So by then, I'm sure it wasn't it wasn't as expensive. And we consistently got one game at a time, and we would all save our money. I remember me and my brothers pooling our Christmas money because we we all got a little bit, and we pooled it all together, and we bought the the, the joystick. And we didn't like it, so we took it back and we traded it in, and we got, um, we got Mario Kart. We got it was something else that we got. I think we got Mario Kart. I think this was for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the SNES. Yo, welcome back, Catwalk. Eleven months in a VIP. Welcome back, Ducks. Appreciate that. You weren't poor if you had those things. What are you talking about? I know plenty of people that you would consider poor back in the day that had a video game system. They would wait. They would save. They would buy used. They would buy on sale. They'd put it on layaway. Do you remember that? Do you remember layaway? Homie, I knew plenty of people that you would consider poor. Below middle income, lower income families that had Nintendos. That would that would save their money and save their pennies, man. And they'd go to the store and they'd buy that one game. We were we we one hundred percent were lower income. We bought our clothes used. We bought our toys used. Come on, dude. You don't have to be living literally on the streets to be considered poor. Like that's extreme. That's th- there's a difference between being poor and like poverty. You know what I'm saying? There are people that don't have much. They're they're lower income. That's considered poor. Like they're not they're not wealthy. They're not just buying whatever they want. They're check to check. That's 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 lower income. That's not people that are buying the brand new Nintendos when they come out. Yo, Behemoth with a VIP. Welcome back, Behemoth. Lono, do you buy collector's editions of games often? And why your favorite is the God of War Hammer and not the 19 Inches of Venom? Um, yeah, I actually think the Hammer is cooler. I do think the Thor Hammer is cooler. I never realized, but my parents used to lay away for a lot of our Christmas presents growing up. Eugene says, it's offensive that someone presumed people like that was buying new. Murph Dog says, I'm sorry to come out of lurk for this. If anyone says you weren't poor if XYZ in this context, go F off respectfully. That's not aimed at you. No, I know what you're saying, Murph, because somebody said that to me. They were like, you're, you're not poor if you had those things. What are you talking about? If you're a low-income family and you're buying everything used, you would classify that as poor. That's not, as Legend's saying, that's not destitute. 
That's not poverty-stricken. That's just a, a family that you would consider to be lower income or poor. And we still scrounged and saved and bought video games. Yo, Behemoth with a gifted. Thank you so much. Taking us to 29... Oh, whoops. Scene switched on me. Taking us to 29 members on the day. One away from that 20-bomb temptation. Blurred Roddick with a month says, My grandma's bank had a Christmas club where you saved through the year. So many of my Christmas gifts came from that and layaway. For sure. When my dad met... uh Pack, he said the one thing about Pack nobody could match was his way with words. The man was a poet and it showed in his freestyles. What are you talking Oh, you're talking about Pack. You're talking about Tupac. I thought you were talking about Pac Man. I was like, what, Met Pack? Like, Met Pac Man? What? My gosh. This man's talking about Tupac. My parents had to choose sometimes between food and dental care for us. F off with that. You weren't poor BS. That's right. You know, there it is. Behemoth setting up 30 out of 50, tempting somebody to drop the 20 bomb. We'll see if anybody takes the temptation and I'll owe you five more. Murph says, the reason I said go F yourself is because that claim struck home with me. Growing up, I didn't have any of the cool stuff. And when we did, it was years old and gifted to us. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the fact that that some of us are now in a position where we're like, if we want it, we can buy it. That that says something, man. That's that's hard work. That's dedication. To come from a, a lower income family or a family that's considered poor, and to be you know financially stable enough to say, I'm I'm gonna buy this or I'm gonna buy that or I'm gonna have this. That's a heck of an achievement. You know, and that doesn't mean that those people and those persons that are in those brackets suddenly don't care about lower income families or people that might not be able to afford a a brand new gaming system. I totally feel for people like that. I do. I like having extra because we have people close to us that we help on a regular basis because I know what that's like. To be the kid that doesn't have the thing. Like, I know what that's like. That's why I've given televisions away and PlayStations away to my friends. Like, oh, take them. I'm not using them anymore. Like, I want those kids to have those things. Just because you get to the point where you can afford those things doesn't mean you suddenly lose the empathy and the sympathy for others who might not be able to. Again, it's just, you know, it's the market. It's the way things go. It's 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 reality. It's life. I think that's one of the reasons I get emotional about it. I have a soft spot and I miss the days where, you know, I was on purple and could tell friends of ours, we'll take care of it. Like I miss being able to do that because I grew up in that situation where if something was broke, it might stay broke for a while. You know, I, yeah, a lot of us have been there and it friggin' sucks, you know, but if you, if you face it, it can be good for you. It can make you strong. It can make your work ethic really good. and You know? It can cut you from stone. I was going to college every day with $10 in my pocket plus driving a car. Yeah, when I was getting my degrees, I was working full-time. My wife was, wife was working full-time. Like, you know? You're like, oh, hopefully we make enough. 
you know, hopefully we make enough to, to, to go back next semester. Or, you know, I have to take less classes, all those things, you know? When I was a kid, I had no idea we were poor. I was happy. Looking back, we were very poor. Oh, yeah, our parents definitely sheltered us from it. We had no idea. We had no idea. There's a funny story that my family tells about me. We were leaving the circus, and uh, I wanted to get something. And I said, if we don't buy anything, people will think that we're poor. Well, what, what does that mean? It means that I didn't think we were poor. I thought, we can buy something. Let's buy something. You know, and I'm a little kid. I'm sobbing. I'm like, come on, let's buy something. People are going to think that we're poor. We were. <laughs> it was probably a big deal that my parents took us to the circus. Obviously, now the circus is, you know, pretty terrible and they mistreat the animals and all of that. But at the time, you know, we're thinking, this is great. And it was probably a big deal that our family was able to afford that. And I'm. I was completely clueless to the fact that we don't we don't really have that much money, bro. <laughs> because my dad worked hard, my mom was great, and they, they didn't let us know. They had no idea. My kids every once in a while will ask about money. How much do we have? Are we rich? Are we da 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 da? I'm like, we have enough. We have what we need and we can bless others. That's all you need to know. You know, teaching kids that principle of you can do three things with money. Spend it, save it, or give it away. You know. And we try to do all three. You know. And if you can't do all three, then do what you can. So... And I think it's cool to see stories in chat. People are like, we didn't have this, we didn't have that, da 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 and now we're in a place where we can do all these great things. And if you're reading those stories and you're like, maybe that'll be me one day, maybe it will, you know, keep going. Take it as encouragement that, you know, people people can dig out of those pits. <clears throat> they can climb out of those ruts. It's ha- it, it happens all the time. You didn't realize how poor you were until you were in your 20s? Right, exactly, Eugene. Like, you kind of knew that, like, maybe you didn't have as many things as other people. But, like, I always viewed it as those people are rich. We're not rich. There's a difference between being like, oh, we're not rich. That kid has everything because he's rich. And being like, oh, we were actually kind of (laughs) poor. I was poor and I got a Nintendo. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, Doc. That, like, you know, people... Everybody wanted a Nintendo. You know, my my parents figured it out. I don't know how. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. My dad never bought anything for himself. That's how. And I think that's why I struggle to do that to this day. I don't like to buy things for myself. It's very rare that I'll spend money on myself. I just did recently. My wife was giving me grief about it. And I was like, I never, I never buy anything for myself. You know, I'll buy stuff for the business, but that's not, that's not, that's not the same. And he never, he didn't, he always had used, he always had used electronics, used televisions, used stereos, you know, he put us first. That's a big deal, dude. You know, I think that makes an impact on people. So if you're doing the same thing right now and you're sacrificing, you're putting your kids first, 
they'll be okay if they don't have the latest video game system. They're going to grow up and be like, my parents put me first, you know? What's good, Brooklyn? We got a premiere that we're going to be going to here in uh, in a teeny bit. It's about how I actually think Helldivers 2 is going to be good. And it uh, they had some new information drop yesterday. So that's going to be in about three minutes. We're 20 members away. I'll drop another five bomb if you guys quickly scramble and do this. Uh, and currently, let me give you a member count. We are going for 2,500. Let me give you guys a count here to see where we are. That's why I love this generous community. You guys are at 2,200 members. You did it. You get you got to a nice milestone today. 2,200. So we can hit 2,500 before Friday. I believe it. Do you feel regret when you buy stuff for you? Yeah. Yep. I do. I feel like a weird twinge of guilt. I don't. I don't. I feel. I, I'm not kidding. I'm like I shouldn't have bought that for myself. I always want to spend money on the kids or. There's two different families that we like to bless. And it's like, anytime my wife asks me, I'm like, do it. I'm like, you don't even have to ask me. If they need it, they get it. Like, that's just my attitude. And if I buy stuff for me, I like, I do. I go through like a few days of like, "Ah, I I don't need this, you know? Like, I bought that scribe and I'm actually using it and it's beneficial and it's an amazing tool. I'm, you know, putting all my notes together from all my studies and things that I'm doing. And I still am like, yeah, you know, I could have kept using paper, you know. That's just that weird dad brain that you develop, you know, the last 10 years of being a dad. I'm just like, yeah, I can do without, you know, I'll be all right. Let them have it. Let, Let buy something for them, you know. I don't know. It's a dad thing. If you're not, I don't know. It's hard. It's probably, it probably doesn't make sense unless you're there. Like if you're there, you get it. So much you just spend money on others than myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll swipe that. I'll swipe that card. I'll do that. I won't even hesitate. It's easy. It's super easy. I'm like, yeah, do it. But for me, I'm like, I don't know. It took me like three days. No, four. It took me four days to pull the trigger on the scribe for myself. I just it would I just couldn't do it, you know. I I was like, ah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and I finally did. All right, let's head to this premiere. Thirty members is amazing. I gifted the five that I owed. You guys can keep gifting members in the premiere if you want, but we got to go. We got to go. This is going to be a video about how Helldivers Two is going to be good. After this premiere, we'll go to the writer's room. If you want to come to the writer's room, you do need to upgrade your membership from gifted to standard membership. Click the link in chat. Let's head over to this premiere. I'll see you guys over there. I'll be in the chat talking with you. Everybody can come along to this. And then member tier and up, $6 and up, can come to the writer's room afterwards. All right? I'll see you guys over there.